SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And good afternoon. Welcome to Fantasy Sports Today here on SportsGrid. Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. It's great to be back with you for the second hour of our show as we preview Major League Baseball's second opening day from a fantasy perspective, from a betting perspective, and of course everything else. Make sure you go to our website, SportsGrid.com, to see everything that we're talking about here in fantasy as well. And uh, Joe, a lot going on in baseball today. We've got lineups coming out for at least looks like four teams today and with the designated hitter in play i don't know who had matt davidson being in the lineup at designated hitter for the reds but certainly that is on tap in this wild and wacky season not not a player that i thought that i would see in a lineup on opening day but here we are yeah it's fun it's fun to hear the name matt davidson again absolutely and i'll tell you what uh this morning as i mentioned earlier doing the dfs podcast it was just kind of stunning to see a full slate of games with a full slate of DHs, because that doesn't happen. And and that was, you know, we know it's coming, we know it's here, and then when you see it in front of you, you go, huh, well, look at that. That is a totally different game than we've ever seen before, and it's going to make a difference. It really is, uh, overall, the 60 games and uh, moving forward as well. Yeah, and, and the, really the biggest story of the day uh, in sports is the Toronto Blue Jays relocating their home games to Buffalo, New York, which it does appear to be the case. Uh, John Heyman and Dan Connolly reporting that about an hour ago. So that will be the story. We'll have to start taking a look at the dimensions in Buffalo for that park also a little bit later as far as the other headlines for our day here on Fantasy Sports Today. The MLB postseason is expanding to 16 teams, and that really puts a lot more teams in play and a lot more pressure maybe to see prospects in play. I wish I would have known that about my fantasy team <laughs> a few days ago. I wish they could have told us this. Maybe I would have thought differently about some guys, but that's the season that we're at. Uh, of course, by now, you know the Yankees won their rain short and opener last night. Juan Soto was out for a period of time. The Dodgers just beat up very heavily on the Giants' relief pitchers, in case you missed that yesterday. Johnny Cueto and Dustin May both had good starts to their season. Clayton Kershaw is on the injured list as well. And, uh, and, and Joe, look, I, I mean, Dylan Carlson is not the first, and he's not going to be the last to have the service time game played with him. Uh, I don't think that there's any question that that is going on with him. I can't speak to every other situation in baseball and why you know, Gavin Lux or somebody else is in the minors. But Dylan Carlson is clearly one of the three most talented or four most talented players on the Cardinals, but all they have to do is just have him sit for a week, and they get that extra year. And so it does make sense, and you have to understand it. Hey, these are the ABCs of baseball, right? This is what it's all about. I mean, it, and look, and kudos to teams like the Mets, believe it or not, and the White Sox the last few years who said, you know what? No, we're just going to go and we're going to pay the money. We're going to get this person up here. And the more head-shaking, head-scratching part about this is I feel like the Cardinals lineup could kind of use Carlson. If you look at it, like, isn't that the first glaring thing you see is maybe this was a guy that could really help this lineup lengthen a little bit, especially with the DH going on there and and help this team right now. But look, for a week to get a year, this is the economics of the game that we're in right now. Yeah, I, I, I think it is. It is part of the game 
it's a part that a lot of people don't like, but it, you know, it, it goes down to this with some situations in baseball, and and I've talked about this before, is that Major League Baseball basically sets the rules, and the question that you have to ask yourself. Is it an ethical thing to do to have basically use the business of baseball to the best of your ability, even if it's not really if I mean, some people will call it a little bit underhanded. Um, you know, certainly the Players Association doesn't like this. The agents don't like it also because mm-hmm. it prevents them from getting paid. And you saw the particular situation, Joe, that went on with Chris Bryant. He even filed a grievance on it. But I guess the question that you have to ask yourself is how many players are really out there every year? like Chris Bryant, like Dylan Carlson, and if the answer is only one or two, maybe it's not just such a big deal after all. I think there's more and more every year that are like this that can really help a ball club. And I think the other point to make about this here is it's one thing to do this and put a guy down for a week or so and then come up for 162 games or, you know, whatever's left of a season. It's another thing in a 60 game season where every game, like you said, counts that I think why this is so magnified right now. Yep. Uh, Braves and Mets getting set to go here. A couple of DH notes. And the uh, DH is on both sides. One is Matt Adams, Joe, and uh, he's on the side of the Braves. And the DH on the side of the Mets making the opening day start. Who would have had this one? Yoannis Cespedes is making the start. Yeah, and welcome everybody back uh, over to uh, Sports Grid Radio here, Fancy Sports Today. Joe Pizapia and Craig Mish. And yes, Yoannis Cespedes is... Believe it or not, the DH for the Mets today. Don't get your hopes up, though. I think the Wild Boar has a better shot of making contact than Yoannis does today. But we'll see. Who knows? Crazy things happen. It's baseball. That's why we're watching, right, Greg? Yep, yep, for sure. Uh, when I spoke to Ron Gardenhire, we had a full preview of the Tigers here back in March. He indicated to me, and, and we talked about it here on the show, uh, Nico Goodrum could end up being a major piece in the Tigers lineup this season. And Goodrum, in fact, is leading off today, Joe, uh, for the Tigers. Not a huge surprise, but this is somebody that is going to get counting stats. And just because the player may not be great, that's not as much of a factor in fantasy this year. Uh, Philip Irvin is also leading off of the Cincinnati Reds. So maybe two names at the last minute to go grab at this point. Yeah, and look, these are you know, guys who are going to have volume, and that's what you want right now. Uh, you're going to need all the volume you can get. Quality, yes, but quantity might be equally as important in this 60-game season during COVID, Craig. That's, I think, something we all have to understand. Just because it's a bad team doesn't mean the player can't be useful. Yep, that's for sure. All right, who is useful in fantasy? Who is in? Who is out? Well, we're going to bring in the very inquisitive mind of Gray Albright of Razball.com. We'll get his thoughts on this 60-game season what his fantasy teams look like this year, and also what he thought of the first two games that went off last night. We're back with more fantasy sports today on Sports Grid in just two minutes, so don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
And welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia. We're previewing opening day part two right for you here on Sports Grid as we join you live back now. Uh, before we get back to anything else, Joe, quick update here on a couple of the games. There was some question today as to why the Atlanta Braves don't have Travis Darno in their lineup and why they don't have Tyler Flowers in their lineup either because, of course, both are catchers. And wouldn't you know, very similar to, uh, unfortunately, to the Kansas City Royals, Brian Snitker, the manager of the Braves, saying that both were showing some COVID symptoms, and so both were uh, held back. And so for both fantasy and reality, this is just an ongoing situation that we're going to have to have. Now, Darno is a very big piece of the Braves lineup. I'm not sure that he's a huge piece of anybody's fantasy lineup, and the same probably could be said for Tyler Flowers. But uh, those two players are not going to be playing today. My guess is not tomorrow. And Maybe no time in the future. So Flowers and and Darno are two names to keep off the playlist at this point. Uh, yeah, and depending on who is going to be catching for the Braves, that's something to take into account because we spoke earlier about what that might look like uh, in terms of uh, what's it going to look like when we're talking about you know that that line here of the Mets game, and maybe that changes the opinion. I know it changes mine a little bit too because what does that mean to Soroka? Yeah, no, it does. All right, let's uh, let's uh, bring in our good friend Gray Albright of Razball.com, and Gray joins us now to do a little bit of a preview of the 2020 uh, baseball season. Uh, we, do we have Gray ready? Okay, well we'll get we'll get over uh, to uh, to Gray in just a minute, but welcome back uh, to the show. Of course, there are a lot of other games that are going uh, on in baseball today, and I think that when you look at it, there's a couple I of very intriguing matchups. That we're going to discuss, and it's really—I mean, to me, uh, when I look at games on the first day of the season, I mean, what really says anything better than the Baltimore Orioles and Boston Red Sox? And they're going to play this game at Fenway Park a little bit later. Uh, it's really incredible to think that Tommy Malone of the Baltimore Orioles is going to be their opening day starter. But that's where we are at at this point. The Red Sox are just a significant favorite. They're minus 215 on opening day, and their starter is Nate Yavaldi. Yavaldi was somebody that the Red Sox thought would be their closer last year. The total is also 10 in the game, so they're expecting a ton of runs going down at Fenway Park today. And I would tell you that. I think that the Orioles, if you go back and you look at their April of last year, they were actually able to win a handful of games when they were huge underdogs. So anything can happen on day one. I particularly don't like the Red Sox at all this season. If you asked me to give you an opinion on win totals, there's a couple that I would target. The Red Sox, certainly under 30, has to be one that's in the conversation. And as far as the Orioles are concerned, look, they don't have a very good team. But they're also one that I think that could sneak close to their total this year. And if you look at the total in this game, the implied run total is sitting at 10. There could be a ton of offense in this game today being played at uh, Fenway Park for sure. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, from a FanDuel perspective today on the daily side of things, the middle of this order is actually pretty reasonable priced. Actually, it's kind of surprising how it is. So I would definitely go here with the chalk and the Red Sox. They are going to score a ton of runs. And not only is Malone a, a liability, but you think about all the right-handed bats there at the top of that order. They're so good. And then add in the fact that you're going to get into that bullpen as well. It's a very juicy matchup for the Red Sox offense tonight. Yeah, for sure. All right, uh, let's uh, move on to do uh, opening day in Texas. It's the first game, Joe. At Globe Life Park, the new Globe Life Park, as the Rangers are minus 120 in this game, and the total is 9.5. 
the starters are Herman Marquez and Lance Lynn. And I would guess that, Joe, a lot of strikeouts are coming, but more than anything else in the history of baseball, we've never seen a ballpark open with no fans whatsoever. And that is the deal tonight. As Texas christens their new ballpark, there are no fans that are going to be there. And I would think that this could potentially have a lot of strikeouts in this game. Both Lynn and Marquez are pretty high strikeout guys. Okay, now I think I've been told we have Gray Albright, so maybe we can bring him into this conversation. Uh, so, uh, Gray, uh, I don't know if you're with us, if you can hear us, but would you uh, like to weigh in on your thoughts tonight about Lance Lynn and Marquez and what that game might look like in that new ballpark? Hmm. He's pondering that. So I guess he can't. He's still pondering that. It's, it is a great question, but uh, I'll answer it on uh, Gray's behalf. Obviously, Lance Lynn tonight uh, is a guy that you look back last year, and Lance Lynn was absolutely brilliant. He was fantastic. Uh, I think that continues uh, this year, and I think that continues in this game here. And uh, I like Lance Lynn against the Rockies. I'm kind of fading away from this game, just generally speaking, in terms of fantasy investments and daily on FanDuel. Uh, however, look, Joey Gallo is always good for a dinger. We know that. He's always a decent investment. But, Craig, when I look at this, I'm looking for the continuation of Lance Lynn and uh, him earning that opening day start because Corey Kluber is the bigger name. Lance Lynn had the better season last year. Yeah, and uh, in, in my opinion, the ballpark is the story. And speaking of stories, Trevor Story is the shortstop for the Colorado Rockies. They've had an opportunity to play in the ballpark over the last couple of days. Story was asked how the ballpark could potentially play in 2020. Yeah, this park is uh, its beautiful, man. It's, um, it's so big, and you know, I think that fits right in with Texas. They like to do everything pretty big, and... Um, you know, just the field, the field surface is awesome. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's, I feel like you can see the ball pretty well. Um, it does play pretty big to center field. Um, and I think like the gaps play pretty big and, um, you know, it gets deep very quick and left. And, um, but I, you know, I think it plays, you know, it plays pitcher friendly out to, to center and, and that way into the gaps. But, um, you know, other than that, I, I think it's kind of fair. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely been fun to, to play here and kind of see it for the first action. Well, Joe, I, I think that that's what we're sort of waiting for here to see what Texas looks like. And, uh, and you heard what Trevor's story said there. It's a pretty fair ballpark. But the truth is, is that nobody really knows for sure until the lights go on tonight in the heart of Texas. And hopefully we get a very exciting game. And the implied run total seems to think that even though Lynn and Marquez are both pitching, we could be looking for a lot of runs tonight. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not quite sold on that, to tell you the truth. I think, you know, you'll see some more runs maybe uh, on the Texas side of things. I know Marcus has some moments, he's got some trouble here. And yes, there's some formidable bats uh, that are out there in that Colorado Rocky lineup. Um, if you're looking for some value tonight, again, on that side, uh, Sam Hilliard's another guy, too, who's very almost min salary price, a really good return on tonight, just as a lineup builder, too, because sometimes you're you know there in those cash games to guys like Bieber who we talked about earlier in the program and uh, I would say that those are the kind of hitters you want to hit so even though I, I like a guy like uh, Lance Lynn tonight in this matchup it doesn't mean that a guy like Hilliard can't return that salary and that's always what you're trying to disseminate between as you're trying to evaluate the the daily slate but uh, I'm still gonna side with Lance Lynn in this one it's not a, a knock on the Rockies it's Two just uh, I think uh, Lance Lynn's gonna be ready 
Yep, I think so too. All right, uh, let's take a quick look at a couple of the other opening day matchups, and then we'll get to the rest after we come back uh, from the break. Uh, we got the Twins taking on the White Sox tonight, Joe, in arguably the tightest game to call on FanDuel, with the White Sox only being a slight favorite at minus 104. The Pirates are taking on the Cardinals, and the Cardinals are minus 194, so certainly the lean is on uh, the Cardinals tonight. Yeah, uh, and... Jack Flaherty's in a got a great matchup here. Oh, look, it's it's sad to say, but for the Pirate fans and the Giants fans and the Orioles fans, the negativity we're going to be heaping on there and a lot of lines that are look pretty incredible when you consider it. And it, it's hard to think otherwise, isn't it? Uh, Jack Flaherty, I understand that that 1.9 ERA in the second half is not sustainable, but it's hard not to love him in this matchup. And I think maybe that also played into the decision for the Cardinals. They looked at the schedule and said, hey, look, we're playing the Pirates. We're playing some other teams we feel like we can handle. Maybe it's better to get that service time taking Carlson and, and have him come back a little later. Do you think the schedule also had something to you know, maybe do with that decision that they ended up making in the front office, Craig? Yeah, I mean, it, it potentially could have, but um, look, I, I can't read the mind of, of some of these guys. It does make sense what you're saying. Uh, for me, I am particular, and I don't know that this game would be a good indication tonight, but I am really excited about the White Sox at this point. The more I think about their team and the more I look at their starting pitching and the more I look at their offense, if, if Luis Robert ends up being anything close to what he's been looking like, uh, there's mm-hmm. a chance that the White Sox lineup is stacking up against some of the best in the American League. And and I still like Keuchel. Um, Reynaldo Lopez has a live arm. Their bullpen is pretty good, too. And this is not the team that I want to play in the postseason if they get hot. So I want to keep an eye on the White Sox. You just keep your eyes on us. We'll be back with more Sports Grid in just two minutes. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Baseball games are in the books in this crazy sprint to 60 games. The Yankees won a rain-shortened contest over the Washington Nationals 4-1. Garrett Cole with the win there. Giancarlo Stanton hit the first home run of the year. That came off Max Scherzer. The Dodgers used a five-run seventh inning to take the lead over the San Francisco Giants en route to a 8-1 win. Kiki Hernandez had five RBIs in the victory. Clinton Kershaw scratched before he could even tow the rubber in the regular season. The dominant lefty hits the injured list with a sore back. Dustin May got the nod instead for L.A. A full schedule of games today beginning with the Mets and Braves playing at 4 p.m. Eastern. The Braves placed left-handed pitcher Cole Hamels on the 45-day injured list with left triceps tendonitis. Major League Baseball and the MLBPA agreed Thursday just before the start of the season to expand the playoffs to 16 teams for the 2020 season. All second-place teams in the six divisions will now qualify for the playoffs. The seventh and eighth teams in each league will be chosen by best record. The first round of the playoffs scheduled for September 29th through October 2nd in each league will be 4-3 game series with all games played at the higher seeds home stadium. But the rest of the rounds will be their customary length. 
In the NFL, according to a report from ESPN's Dan Graziano, Thursday night, NFL Players Association team player representatives are scheduled to convene a conference call at some point this morning as the players work to finalize an agreement with team owners on the rules and finances of the 2020 NFL season. Graziano's sources said the negotiations were still ongoing on Thursday night around three key points, rules for the training camp acclimation period, procedures via which players could opt out of the season for coronavirus-related reasons, and what would happen to the contract of those who do, and how to handle the league's long-term finances and salary caps of future years in the wake of projected 2020 revenue loss as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. And effective Thursday, Washington will call itself the Washington football team pending the adoption of a new name. This is not the final renaming or rebranding of the team, but just a stopgap until they make that move. They hope to have everything moved over in the next 50 days before their first game against the Eagles in September. I'm Dan Straffer, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish back with you along with Joe Pizzapia. We've got a couple of lineups in for the game starting this afternoon. Uh, Joe, just a, a quick thought on this uh, on this Reds lineup here today. Uh, Philip Irvin uh, is starting. Um, Shogo Akiyama, who I would love to see play today, is not playing at all, I guess, because he's a lefty. So this tells you immediately that this dude is not playing against left-handed pitching, at least to start. So that's somewhat disappointing for me to see at the start of the season. Uh, Matt Davidson gets the start at DH, and even though there is a lefty on the mound, Nick Senzel uh, is batting seventh at the start of the season for the Reds. So should we be excited that Senzel is in the lineup or not excited that he's batting seventh? Not sure which way to go here. Uh, I'm going to take him one at a time. Let's start with Senzel. I think the right answer is just be excited he's in the lineup because just getting in the lineup for Senzel has been a struggle, I would say, the last few seasons. And that goes for the minor league lineup as well as the major league lineup. So just getting him in there, that's fine. I don't want to get higher than Senzel right away, too. Not the decisions they've made in the offseason. When you bring in Mustakas, Castellanos, you have Suarez, you have Votto. I mean, where else is he going to hit? I mean, it would be a great story for one or two, but that's probably unlikely right now. Let him hit in the seventh hole. Let him let him be good there, and if he hits well, you move him up. That's fine. Or maybe you just leave him alone if he's if he's doing well. I think the the big thing with Senzel is just is he in the lineup? And the answer is yes. Now the guy who's not in the lineup is Shogo Akiyama, and this is a problem. I don't like this. I don't like this at all. I'm shocked by this. I would say what they're paying him. Uh, they're paying him to be an everyday player, in my opinion. So I don't know if this is just something out of the gate. Maybe there's an injury. Maybe there's an issue. I don't know what it is. Craig, I'm a little annoyed, frustrated, bewildered, bemused about Shogo Akiyama not being there opening day, starting lineup, just because there's a lefty on the mound. Am I, I don't know, hyperventilating about this? Or do you think that there's a reason for concern as well? Well, I've heard before that managers, what they try to do sometimes is they try to get even their bench players involved on the first couple of games of the season because they don't want them getting stagnant. But I don't know that in a short season that that should be the case. I suppose we'll have to see the next few days, maybe, Joe, the way that it lines up, and I'd have to do a deeper dive into this. And if I'm thinking correctly on Detroit, do they even have another left-handed starter? I don't think so. So maybe it is just that from here on out, Akiyama's going to end up playing. Uh, but I'm with you. You're paying Akiyama, I believe, $8 million a year. You're not paying Philip Irvin anything, and that's no disrespect to Philip Irvin. You get to the big leagues, you got to be a good player. Uh, but it is surprising to me to see him playing for sure. Yeah. So 
Uh, we'll yeah. we'll see. Shocking. I mean, I'm I'm still gonna tune in and, and hear what they have to say about it. But I I fully expected him to start on opening day. I did. And by the way, Matt Davidson at DH too. Like, I mean, who is Matt Davidson at this point? I, I mean, I, I just it's, uh, is it overthinking it? I think that that's what I would ask. If that's the reason, by if they're like, well, you know, we look at the stretch and we don't think these guys are gonna get in the lineup. Um, let's not look past how many games we have to play here. You're the Reds. You spent a ton of money in this offseason. You only got 60 games here to get into the playoffs. And I think it's great that they've expanded the playoffs. But, geez, man, I mean, what are we doing? This is this is definitely not uh, how we thought things were going to go. And just goes to show you, once again, I, I'm going to keep driving this home there because uh, I think it's very important for everybody out there in the fantasy community. We are fantasy sports today. And it's important to talk about the fantasy spin of this. In the daily fantasy spin of this world, in the season-long pay so much attention to setting lineups if you're in a daily transaction league where you're setting daily lineups you have to hyper you know pay attention to all these things you have to look exactly who's in and who's out because it's going to cost you a week potentially it's it's crazy how this is looking and then on the dfs side forget about it i mean how can you you know put 20 bucks into a tournament into a lineup and uh you go and you look at the lineup and somebody you know test right before the game or has a or the showing signs or whatever that is, you got to kind of scramble and look things around. If you're not willing to make the investment in time, I'm telling you, don't make the investment in money. It might not be a good thing to do. However, we're here to help both of those things. So don't worry. You're lucky. Craig Bish and I are here for you. All right. Well, uh, Travis Darno is another player who would have been starting today for the Atlanta Braves. And as we mentioned uh, previously here on the show, he tested or he didn't. Excuse me. Let me stop that here. For, I almost said he tested positive. He was showing signs of testing positive for COVID. Him. And they uh, and they held him back, and so Matt Adams, who signed with the team two days ago and hit a home run in a, an exhibition game, is their new starting DH. Maybe they knew that this was going to happen. I don't know, but the Braves have had to make all kinds of changes. Cole Hamels, who they signed, isn't going to take the field. It looks like for this year, they signed Puig, they lost Puig, they signed Adams, they lost Arno. Wow, I mean the Braves are. Uh, Markakis ended up sitting out. I don't know that there's a team in baseball, Joe, that has had more to deal with than the Braves. The good news for them is, of course, Freddie Freeman is back. Oh, you out that Fulton Everett got pounded tonight in the in the summer camp game. Uh, so that's another thing to kind of heap onto the pile here, and it's continuing to drive into the narrative that I keep talking about, which is the Nationals being the class of this division in this format. In the sixty games, nobody's got the pitching they have. Nobody: Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin. It's unbelievable. The, the Soto loss was a huge loss. Hopefully, it won't be a long one. But I'm I'm telling you right now, the the Braves are in trouble. The birth clear favorite, I think everybody else thinks they are. And then you look at the Mets and you look at the Phillies and they have problems of their own right now. So it's just crazy. All right. Well, let's take a look at some of the other games that are getting ready to get sent here on opening day. And we're going to take a look at some of the lineups as well when they come out for you. But in all likelihood, what you want to do is stay here on SportsGrid because later in the day, all of the, uh, the other shows that will be on the air as they're a lot closer to game time can give you some more of the lineups and, and some more of the odds when they change as well. Uh, but here are the final three games that Joe and I have not discussed here yet on the show. The Diamondbacks and the debut of Madison Bumgarner tonight. Bumgarner makes his first career start outside of San Francisco after winning three World Series championships with them. How surreal is that going to be, seeing him in an Arizona uniform, a Diamondbacks uniform, about playing a team that he's quite familiar with in the San Diego Padres, and look who was making the opening day start for them. 
the sheriff, Chris Paddock, and the line right now is at minus 136 on San Diego. I'm a Diamondbacks fan. I think the Diamondbacks are going to be better than people think. I may lean a little bit toward Arizona and that plus 120 tonight. Uh, Seattle at Houston. This is the biggest line on the board in baseball, even bigger than the one last night. I think this has a chance of going off higher by the time they threw out first pitch tonight in Houston. Uh, the Astros with a brand new look, new manager, new general manager, and a subject that we haven't even talked about all that much in the last few months. The Astros are going to try and put this behind them as they are minus 300 tonight, as, uh, and Seattle's up against it with Marco Gonzalez. Make no mistake about it. This is a really tough team to play, a really good offense to have to play against. And uh, maybe and maybe taking Houston minus one and a half runs is the way to go about it here. Because certainly in, a, in one game in Major League Baseball to risk 300 to win 100 isn't the smart move. And then finally, we have the Angels at the Oakland Athletics tonight as Andrew Heaney makes his first career opening day start against another pitcher that will make his first career opening day start. Uh, Frankie Montas is minus 152. Bottom line is the Angels still have Trout. They still have a good lineup. We'll see what Andrew Heaney can deliver tonight. Oakland is one of those tough teams to predict on a nightly basis. You know at the end of the year they're going to be around 500, maybe better, maybe worse. But, uh, Joe, which game in particular piques your interest tonight of the late games that are going to be on the season? Well, the one that piques my interest from a fantasy perspective is definitely the A's game. Uh, and I'll tell you why. You've got those uh, three guys at the top of this order there uh, with Simeon, with Chapman, with Lariano that I think are really primed for a good outing here. I also love Montas tonight. He's priced so well on FanDuel, and uh, I would say that he is probably my favorite GPP guy. And and I would say the pricing, just generally speaking, in the late games is always a little looser on the FanDuel side and something that was a trend last year, and you're seeing it again. They're trying to get a little bit more gameplay on some of those late slates, and I think that Frankie Montas is a big part of that. Uh, and the pricing there tonight, and no Rendon in that lineup. You look at the bottom of that Angels lineup, I think Frankie Montas can really slice through that. I really like the Angels side of, excuse me, the athletic side of this game, not from a just a fantasy perspective, but also possibly a wagering perspective too. So that's the one I've got my eye on. You know, unfortunately for the Astros and the Mariners, this looks like a very simple one too. It looks like the Verlander chalk is going to be the Verlander chalk. If you want to pay up for it, good for you. Otherwise, uh, I am all about Frankie Montas and the A's tonight. I think that, to me, is where I go. How about you, Craig? What are your feelings on this from a fantasy perspective? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, definitely don't feel that way about Oakland. I, I could absolutely see the Angels uh, winning tonight for sure. I, I don't think that that's a certainty at all. Um, you know, I would lean plus one forty on a dog on opening day on two teams that I think that are somewhat similar. I think the A's are better than the Angels, but I don't think the gap is nearly as big as it was, and we have yet to see Otani. Uh, hit every day for a full season. We won't this year either, but I, I think that their uh, Angels have a real shot tonight. So this is one one team that I would go the other side on. Seattle is just up against it. I would never bet a minus 300. But no. I, I think Houston is one of those teams that at the beginning of the season, it, it is like fresh meat, the other team. I, I think that they're going to want to put on a show, and I'd be very worried for Seattle, uh, unfortunately, in their first couple of games. And I think the other game is a toss-up between Arizona and San Diego. I, I think this is this is basically the one for me where I got no clue, but I want to watch it because I love the pitching matchup. I want to see what Bumgarner brings to Arizona, what he's got left. Maybe he's got a lot. I don't know. And Chris Paddock, who I uh, saw pitch with the Marlins when he was with Miami as a young kid. I saw him pitch with San Diego in Miami last year. There are very few pitchers that gets you in and out of that stadium faster than Chris Paddock. This guy works fast. Love him. He throws strikes. He challenges you, and that's the kind of pitcher that I love to watch on television. So 
I'll definitely check out that game as well. All right, coming up next, it's time for a little fantasy or reality here on the show. And what will the future hold for the Washington Nationals? Is it too big of an overreaction after they lose one game and lose their best star to say that things are headed south and headed in the other direction? Also, we'll talk about whether or not we have any interest in seeing this exhibition coming up between Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. And then a big surprise last night as one of the top artists in pop ended up putting out a new album out of nowhere. And when this happens... What happens with us? Do we really uh, listen to it? Do we pay attention to it? We're going to ask those questions as well right here on Fantasy Sports today. So make sure you stay tuned. we got plenty coming up. And coming up a little bit later, of course, we've got our good friend Scott Farrell. He's going coast to coast. He's got you covered right up until first pitch on a lot of the evening games. And don't forget, Joe and I will be right back here on Monday at noon Eastern, recapping everything that happened in the weekend in Fantasy Sports. We'll have who's hot who's not, the top pickups in fantasy, the best bets of the weekend as well, and we're covering it all from a fantasy and wagering and even a reality perspective right here on SportsGrid. So stay tuned. Fantasy Reality is coming up next here on this Friday. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Vish along with Joe Pizapia as we get ready to wrap things up here on this Friday. A really exciting opening day. It's been an exciting week of shows, by the way, to bring to you guys here on Sports Grid. Great to have baseball back as well. And we're going to get to fantasy reality here coming up in just a minute as we bring in my co-host Joe Pizapia. And Joe, uh, we we solved a little bit of a mystery today. Uh, Terry uh, Francona uh, on the Cleveland Indians Twitter handle basically took out a what looked like a CD, pretty funny, put it into a uh, into a computer, and through Backyard Baseball, they showed what their lineup was going to be today, all in cartoon. Pretty cool. You could check it out on Twitter, on the Cleveland Indians Twitter handle. But just to be clear, uh, we don't know, again, this is just game one. We don't know how this is going to work. Uh, the Indians are choosing at this point, they believe, apparently, at least what the lineup looks like, that Domingo Santana is the better fielder than Fran Mil Reyes. I thought maybe it would be the other way around, but apparently they do not think so. So Reyes is their DH. Domingo Santana is their right fielder. I know we think a lot of the Cleveland Indians uh, pitching staff, but that is going to be a hole out there, <laughs> out there in right field. If that ball goes out there. Santana is not the best defender in the world, but uh, Cleveland sacrificing, I guess, a little defense in the outfield for the offense. Yeah, and I think they can. And um, starting to question whether or not uh, the Reds used backyard baseball to make their lineup up today. I mean, some really crazy stuff there. You could make that argument as well. But look, as long as those bats are in the lineup, that's all I care about. I know I'm being selfish from a fantasy perspective, but uh, they are really priced well. They have a great opportunity here against Danny Duffy. Uh, all things point to uh, maybe some higher ownership percentage of those players on rosters. But I'll tell you what, man, I, I am excited about the Indians tonight. You should be. And, you know, real quick, going back to that Padres game we are talking about, this is a huge game. It's almost like a playoff game. You got Paddock, 
uh, versus Bumgarner. First game of the season, but these games matter so much because how heavy the division play is. And it's really tricky because I there's four outcomes in this game you could write easily. You could write the Bumgarner was bad uh, outside of San Francisco last year with the five ERA. You could write the, well, he's Madison Bumgarner, and he's going to be awesome and figure it out again and show everybody why he's an ace and prove himself. You could also write the Chris Paddock narrative. That he's going to be so good that he's going to you know show you why he is the emerging ace, but also... You can write the narrative that the Arizona Diamondbacks get hit, and they proved that last year. So this is a game that I want no part of in terms of wagering or fantasy, really. I just want to watch because I think there's four outcomes that are legitimate possibilities tonight. Yeah, that, that's probably the late game for me, and, and I'll definitely be checking that out and checking out all the games this weekend in baseball. But before we get out of here, of course, we have our Sports Grid 60 coming up in just a few minutes. But even before that, it's time to play our little game of fantasy or reality, as we always do every day here on the show. And, Joe, we'll start it off with the outcome of last night's game. The Washington Nationals in the opener end up losing to the New York Yankees. And, boy, the overreactions are plentiful today. Stanton's the MVP, and the Yankees are winning the World Series. It's like they didn't even watch all of last year. Stanton played in five games. But, okay, if that's the way you want to have it, have at it. Uh, But, look, no doubt, Garrett Cole looked great. But one player that did not get to play was Juan Soto. And we're going to ask the question today to start after he tested positive for COVID-19. If there is still a chance, if you put money on Juan Soto down before the season to win the National League MVP, can he still win it? So fantasy or reality, Soto can still win the NL MVP. Fantasy or reality? I'm going to go with reality here, Craig. Uh, I'm going to try not to panic. I know that's a very difficult thing for any of us to do here. But I still say it's very much a reality because I think he fits the bill in a lot of ways. I think he is by far the best player on his team right now. That is a big plus when you're trying to win that award. I think this is a team that's headed for a big win total, probably also to win the division. They're also the defending champs. I think that all helps write that narrative, too. And sometimes the media likes to anoint new superstars, as it were. So there's a lot of good positive pieces that you can put into this puzzle and the end you end up looking at mvp award when you set back from the puzzle so i'm gonna say still reality what say you craig mish yeah i'm gonna say it's a reality i don't think he's going to win the mvp but i think it is a reality that he can win and if the reports are accurate that he tested negative on two other tests that would mean that he's only a day or two away from coming back to the nationals and from a betting perspective if you took soto to win the mvp and the Nationals lose again tomorrow, and they start off 0-2, and then he comes back Monday, and they start winning, it's going to be pretty clear who the MVP Mm. of the NL was if the Nationals can't (laughs) win without him. So that's certainly a great narrative to play. Great point. Uh, I don't think that that will play out, and I don't think he will win the MVP. I do think he's going to be back sooner than people think. It's just magnified because this all happened basically two hours before the first game of the season. So the question is fantasy or reality. I think it is a reality that he can win, but I don't see him as the uh, MVP in, uh, in baseball this season. Now, All right, look, let's go to question. I, I'm a big Juan Soto guy, so I'm never going to go off that I wagon personally. So yeah, I am too. I just, uh, for the future, no doubt. I mean, outside of Acuna, I don't think there's anybody else in fantasy that you'd want as a keeper over him. I think that, and it just because of the youth, you're going to have this guy for 20 years in baseball. It's incredible. All right, uh, question two, fantasy reality. We're going to deal with Mike Tyson again. Mike Tyson is going to put the gloves on again and fight in an exhibition against someone who had a couple of heavyweight fights, if I'm not mistaken, and Roy Jones Jr. He did move up and, and did win the championship, if I'm not mistaken. I think like John Ruiz, it sounds familiar to me. 
Uh, either way, uh, Tyson's going to fight in an exhibition there. Also, Nate Robinson, former NBA dunk contest champion, is going to fight Jake Paul, the YouTube celebrity who became a, a boxer all of a sudden. And by the way, a pretty good boxer at that with Jake Paul. I don't want to crap all over Jake Paul's boxing. I, I don't think he's a good YouTuber. He's just like a, a shock YouTuber, to be honest. But as far as boxing is concerned, he actually is pretty good. All right, so here it is. Fantasy reality as human beings and people with credit cards, are we are going to cave and watch Mike Tyson fight Roy Jones Jr., Fantasy or reality, we will actually watch this fight, Joe. Yeah, I think the key word here is cave, right? Because we're all like, nah, nah, and you said it yesterday yourself. You said, maybe if this was two months ago, yeah, I would have done it. And then all of a sudden it gets closer and closer, and then the eve of the fight, and then the afternoon of the fight, and you go, eh, okay, I'm going to see it. I'm going to say fantasy. I'm not going to cave. I refuse to do it. I'm not going to do it. Exhibition's the key word here, so I'm going to stay away from this one personally. Although I'm sure that I'll see clips of it as well, and uh, I'm sure the clips will even be disappointing as they kind of stream on Twitter because, you know, somebody will jailbreak it for you somehow. So why do I have to pay to see it anyway? I'm going to go fantasy. I will not cave. Does Craig Mish have the same discipline that Joey P has? No, I am going to cave, and it is a reality. I am going to watch this because, because I'll figure out a way to not have to pay for it. (laughs) <laughs> as i wink my eye i'm good at that so uh i i will watch it but i will put the little asterisk there at the end and i want to be very clear on this i am not watching any boxing or any ufc that comes on at one o'clock in the morning i am not doing that and it, and if this fight is going to happen on the west coast and they're going to put this thing out i mean these fights are later and later now and no mm-hmm. offense I'm an older dude. I am not staying up until 2 o'clock in the morning watching fights. It's not happening. So if they put the fight on at 9 or at 10 or even at 11, I am absolutely going to cave and click and watch. But if they're fighting at 2 in the morning, I'm out. That's the way that this fight's going to go. I think that's fair. I didn't know Jake Paul was boxing now. I only know him because my kids used to watch him on a Disney Channel show. And when he said the name, I said, really? And then I immediately had to go Google. I had no idea that he was boxing now. Good for him. I wondered why he left the show. Apparently, uh, you know, to be a big YouTube star and uh, to do (laughs) to box now. But 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 he's like a shock YouTuber. He's done really, you know, dumb things. Like, well, that was the character he played in the show. So. You know, he played himself. Yeah, he's, he's the reason why I have to put the restrictions on YouTube for my kids. I mean, guys like that, honestly, that's that, that, that's that's who he is. But as far as boxing, he's got good boxing ability. I've seen him fight. All right. All right here then. is our last uh, question here for fantasy or reality. And we're going to move over to uh, Taylor Swift. And Joe is a huge Joe Pizapia. For those of you who know, this is like a like low lying fruit for Joe Pizapia. I know why you put this one in. You can you can dream all you want, Joe. It ain't happening. But uh, Taylor Swift dropped a new surprise album apparently last night, unbeknownst to me, but beknownst to Joe. And the album, as I mean, this is a Joe Pizapia production here. It's called Folklore, which is her eighth studio album. If you asked me, I would have said third, not eighth. I would have had no clue whatsoever. Fantasy or reality? Here we go. Joe and Craig will spend the rest of their summer listening. To our daughters play this album, fantasy or reality? Boy, Joe, this is a tough question. I wonder which way you're going to go. I don't know. Uh, you know what? I, I think it's going to be reality, but 
Oh, my really? Kids are moving on. Well, hold on. My kids are moving on to a lot of different other artists, and I don't know if this is something. Again, I, I I can't remember if your daughter is a little older than mine. My oldest is ten. My youngest is just about eight. So I don't yeah, know, like, where the aging out of certain kinds of music maybe go for certain people. I'm gonna say reality, and uh, I'm 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 not ashamed to admit it. Look, the kids listen to a lot of Taylor Swift in the car. I'm fine with that. It's not a big deal. There's a lot of worse other people they could be listening to. At least she's talented. She writes good songs. Uh, however, I, I think that it's a, it's a good chance that I'm going to be listening to a lot of them the rest of the summer. But where, where about you? What about the Mish household? Is this going to be like, you know, the, the rest of the summer here with these songs on loop? Yeah, well, well. First of all, it's it, it's your first failure in fantasy or reality because this is this was very clear going in the direction. There was a lot of impartiality. There was home field advantage in the game. You can't put a question that is a guaranteed lock for you to say reality to. There has. To I don't be know some what goes on in your house. I have no idea. You've never invited me over to your house. We know what goes on in your house. To my house. house. You never Taylor Swift. It, it, it has to be there. There has to be some mystery with this, even on your end. There was no mystery from the second I said Taylor Swift. I knew what the answer was. So the answer is reality for you as well in your house? No, it's fantasy. So why is it fantasy? Why, your daughter doesn't like the Taylor Swift? No. <laughs> what does she listen to? No, like, what she into? I mean, that is nothing against Taylor Swift. But no, we're not going to spend the entire summer listening to our daughters play this album. No, that, that's that's well, I not guess. All right, well, maybe the question is, is your daughter going to spend the whole summer listening to it? Just because you're not. You know, it doesn't mean she's not. So so she's not a fan is what you're saying. This is what I'm saying. This is a game. And the rules of the game are the questions. We've got to go with the question. I understand it's a game. It says, will I spend the summer listening to my daughter listening to Taylor Swift? And that is a fantasy. Will my daughter be listening to Taylor Swift for the next two months? Well, no chance also. No chance whatsoever. So it's well, a big double so, Wait, so we split on it. So why it turned out to have more mystery than you're letting on? It was obvious no, for me, but I not knew, obvious I, for Once you. I said Taylor Swift, I knew your answer. That right, was it. I didn't know yours. And how come everybody else? Know, Just because you know it. But but it was painfully obvious because of your love as being a Swifty. I'm not a Swifty. I I appreciate the songwriting oh, abilities. I mean, uh, there's oh, very few people it. as pro- look. I'm prolific with the Black Book series. I write a couple books a year. Taylor Swift drops an album a year. You're just jealous that we're such creative people that we can drop so much out there in terms of content. And you're just one of the people covering it at the end of the day while we're creating it. I think I think it's a little bit of sour grapes here, Craig. Oh, there's the face. Yeah. There's the face. There it is. Freeze frame on the face. The disdain for me. It must be Friday. The, je- the jealousy <laughs> of, of Taylor Swift and a fantasy black book. That's exactly what I was thinking yeah. going into the prolific, book. prolific producers of content in our own rights, respectively. Just saying, yeah. just saying. Not on this show, big man. Not on this show. That's right. <laughs> there it All is. right. So uh, coming up next, what we're going to do is we're going to have our Sports Grid 60, which we will end the week with. And, of course, right here on Sports Grid is the best spot for you to get all of your gambling, your wagering, all of your fantasy advice. So make sure you stay on the grid all weekend long. Joe will be back with his Taylor Swift show called Diamond Bets this weekend. Make sure you catch it. It'll be all about her new album coming out this weekend. Maybe a little baseball in between, but mostly Taylor Swift and uh, and all of her greatest hits. That's coming up this weekend here on Sports Grid. So we'll be right back with the Sports Grid 60 right here on Fantasy today before we say so long for the week don't go away 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today here on this Friday as we get ready for the seconding, second opening day of 2020, which is coming fast and furious all day today and tonight. Can't wait to watch that. Let's get the latest on that topic as we turn it over for the Sports Grid 60 with my co-host Joe Pizzapia. Joe, take it away. As baseball is back here and you're watching all these empty stadiums, do not lose sight of the fact that over 150,000 people almost now have died in this country from coronavirus. That fills a little bit more than three full ballparks. So when you look at those empty seats, think about all those people that won't be able to watch those games anymore and all those families that are still grieving. So take things seriously. Yes, we got baseball back. Yes, it's good to have some normal. But at the same time, let's not lose sight of the prize here. Wear your mask, be safe, be considerate, be kind, wash your hands and do good this weekend. Enjoy some baseball. All right, well said, Joe. Uh, I'll move on to a little bit of a lighter topic, which is uh, the president of the Boston Red Sox. And if you don't know his name, his name is Sam Kennedy, and he told reporters yesterday that he was very disappointed that Mookie Betts signed that long-term extension with the Los Angeles Dodgers. I guess the Red Sox thought in some crazy way that after the season that he would have went back to Boston and signed with him again. Huh. That reminds me of when they did the same thing and traded John Lester to the Oakland Athletics. Hey, Sam, that's not the way that this works. Once you trade the player, you lose their rights. And there is that chance that you never see them again. And so in this case, you're never going to see Mookie Betts again. He's gone. He's in L.A. Forever. Trust me. That'll do it for the show today. Thanks to everybody who watched all week long. We really appreciate your participation by watching us and subscribing to us on YouTube and checking out our channels over at sportsgrid.com. I uh, also want to thank Brett and want to thank Chris and especially want to thank Joe Ranieri for helping us get back on the air live all this week on sportsgrid.com. It's been great to see you guys be back with you here after four months of a lot of recorded shows and having sports back. There's just simply nothing better than that. So enjoy it this weekend. For Joe Pia, I'm Craig Mish. Stay on the grid. We'll speak to you Monday at noon. Have a great one, everybody. See ya. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.